Thank you, Pastor John. Uh, my memory doesn't go back that far to remember how many sermons I preached, but the Word of God is always relevant for today, and that's the important thing, isn't it? That God is an ever-present God. History is great, and you look back on the events of your life and history, but what is important is what is God doing today, and what is he wanting to do tomorrow? And to be a part of that and be open for that. And uh, we live in uncertain times, but that's all right because God is still secure and certain. And so put your faith and trust in him and know this, God is still on the throne. I wanted to share a short word with you this morning. And if you're sitting at home, I trust that you are blessed today by the presence of Almighty God. Um, this is an uncertain time that we're living in, but there is, there is nothing new about that. We're going to read this morning from Mark chapter 10 and verse 46. About a young guy, well, we don't know how old he was. We don't know really anything much about this fellow at all, except that God did something wonderful in his life. I'm so glad, aren't you, that God didn't come for just important people as the world judges importance. God came for the whosoever, and he loves every person, no matter what our status in life, no matter how rich or poor we are, he loves us all. And so we read in Mark chapter 10, Now they came to Jericho, let me just pause for a moment. This is an important point in the life and ministry of Jesus. It is just after God had raised, through Jesus, raised Zacchaeus from the dead. And Jesus was going to Jerusalem to the feast. And it was going to be culminated by his death on the cross in Calvary. And so Jesus sets out from that event of raising Zacchaeus from the dead uh, on this destiny journey to go and become the saviour of the world, the Lamb of God. And on this journey, it says, they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great multitude with them, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? 
The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you whole or well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. That is a remarkable interruption in the journey that Jesus was taking because his journey took him past the site where this blind Bartimaeus was sitting. For Bartimaeus' life was pretty miserable. Every day he would be placed in the same kind of position, sitting in the dust of the side of the road, begging. We don't know anything much about this fellow. We don't know much about his mother or his father. But we do know this, that life was pretty miserable for him. There were no social services really to support him, no help. Sitting in the side of the road and in the dust, he was sightless. He was helpless. He was in a daily round of crying out for help from passers-by, hoping to be pitied by some, and he knew that he was being despised by others. He was viewed as worthless by many people, a nuisance, just someone who was in the way, someone to be ignored because people passed by him many with their daily routine of life on a busy journey. And that was his daily routine, every day sitting, crying out for help, crying out for a few copper coins, crying out for someone to have the slightest bit of mercy towards him. Not a very nice life to have, was it? Not much future, not much hope. The authorities in those days used to give beggars a kind of a robe, a special kind of robe to wear. It identified them as a genuine beggar. It was not uh, someone who was just too lazy to work and so would just beg for some coins. The authorities would give genuine uh, blind beggars a robe to wear that identified them to the passing public. This is a genuine person with a genuine need. He isn't someone just putting on an act because he's too lazy to work. And it identified him as this way. <clears throat> it marked him out, though, as someone that was hopeless, someone that was dependent, someone that was of little value, someone that would never amount to anything. He was without hope or without a future. That really is what this robe signified and said about him. It identified him in that way. And so life was pretty hopeless for him. But one day he heard that the one who could give hope was coming by. I don't know if he'd heard about the raising of Lazarus from the dead, which had occurred just before this event. I don't know if he'd heard about Jesus prior to this. But one thing we do know, he heard a great multitude of people that were coming with Jesus to go to Jerusalem. They'd witnessed, many of them had witnessed this incredible event of Lazarus being raised from the dead. And so they flocked with Jesus, thronging along the road towards Jerusalem. 
And as Bartimaeus sat there in the dust doing his daily routine, he heard the noise of this approaching multitude of people. And he knew something was happening, something unusual was happening. And so he had to seize the moment. Do you know there are moments in life that can change and turn the whole of our life and destiny? There are certain times that come our way that are so important and we have to seize those moments. We have to not let that opportunity passing it by. This was his one opportunity that was presenting itself. Jesus was passing by. Jesus, the one who had raised Lazarus from the dead, the one who had healed lepers and ministered to multitudes of people in bringing healing and deliverance to so many people, this Jesus was passing by him. And he was one of those people that would not let that opportunity pass by. Can I say to you today, wherever we are today, if we're in church or if we're in some building or if you're sitting comfortably at home, Jesus is with you today. He is not just sitting in heaven. He is not just there isolated from you. The presence of God is with you today. He is by you today. And today, this can be your day of opportunity. This can be the day where God does something in your life, in your experience, that changes you and changes your destiny forever. Bartimaeus heard the noise, heard the clamor, and cried out. He cried out to Jesus, and he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, wouldn't you think that the people that were accompanying Jesus would have said to him, hey, this is your moment. Come on, let's help you get to Jesus. But no, it's amazing how people are, isn't it? Instead, they basically said to him, shut up, Bartimaeus. Stop making so much noise, will you? We're on a journey. Jesus is doing amazing things, but you sit there and be quiet. They warned him to be quiet. It's amazing to me that they would do that. You would think that they would encourage him, wouldn't you, to come to him. They'd, you'd think they'd say, this is your moment. But no, they just said, oh, you're a nuisance. You're of no value. You're no worth. Be quiet. Don't let anybody tell you to be quiet when you want to call out to God. But we find it says that he called out all the more. He cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. That's a wonderful thing that he did. He identified Jesus as someone who could help him. People may disregard you, but Jesus sees the value 
that you have to him. Doesn't matter our circumstances. It doesn't matter how much money we have. It doesn't matter our status in life. It doesn't matter if we live in a palace or if we are homeless on the streets and destitute. We all have value to God. You have value to God today. Jesus never sees anyone as helpless or hopeless or of no worth or no value. God puts a tremendous value on every human being on this planet and he puts a great value on your life today. And what I love about Bartimaeus is he would not let their opinion of him stop him. To the crowd that were there, he was worthless. But he knew this was his one moment of destiny and of help. And so he says he cried out all the more. And a wonderful thing, I can just picture this scene in my mind with this huge crowd of hundreds or probably thousands of people there on that day. And Jesus stopped. Jesus stopped what he was doing. He stopped, he paused on this important journey that he was on. And he said to, he must have talked from a little way away. And he said, what do you want me to do? He called him to come to him. He called this blind, helpless, hopeless beggar to come to him. And thank God that God calls us to come to him. No matter what I need this morning, no matter what our situation, no matter how desperate we may be, God pauses and calls us to come to him. And Bartimaeus first acknowledged his need and his helpless position. But the important thing that I see in this is, it says, he threw away his robe. This robe that had been given him by the authorities that marked him out as someone that was helpless, hopeless, without purpose and destiny and value. He threw that away. He took it off him and he chucked it away. He was saying, I will not need this anymore because I am coming to the one who can give me a new robe. I am going to go to that one, Jesus of Nazareth, who can change me so that I will no longer be sightless and helpless and hopeless, but I will have a life with a purpose and a joy. And so he threw this robe that identified him as someone in this way, and he pushed through the crowd and came to Jesus. And isn't this amazing how fickle people are? It says, they now said to him, Jesus is calling for you, be of good cheer. <clears throat> How fickle people are. Now the crowd tells him to come. And Jesus poses this strange question to him. He said, what do you want me to do for you? I would have thought it was pretty obvious, wouldn't it? Here is this blind man, a beggar, I would think it's pretty obvious. 
But he wasn't doing this for no reason. He had to find out from Bartimaeus himself, are you just asking for money? When you want help, what help do you want? Do you want me just to be kind to you? Or do you have the faith to believe? He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. He knew that all other needs in his life would be taken care of if only he could get his sight back. He wasn't asking for some money. He wasn't asking for better clothes. He wanted his sight. He was definite and specific in bringing that need and that request to Jesus. He addressed Jesus as Lord Rabboni. It means Lord. <coughs> he identified this man that he was talking to as Lord of God and God of all and the Son of David. That term, Son of David, really means he was acknowledging that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of the living God. He identified him as the one who could help him. And Jesus turned to him in that simple moment of faith and said, your faith has made you well. Go your way. Wonderful. To me, the wonderful thing about this is there was no great sort of demonstration. It was just that quiet response of Jesus to him. Your faith has made you well. Go your way. But I see some things in this that we can identify with. He rose up from the dust to come to Jesus. He left that familiar place of need that he'd occupied probably daily for years. And he was prepared to rise up and to leave it. He threw away that robe of negative identification that was put upon him by others. And he ran to Jesus. And this is a big question for each one of us today. As you maybe are sitting at home and listening to this. Do you identify what God needs to do in your life? Will you acknowledge that before him? We all have robes given us by people. Sometimes they are, we put them upon ourselves. Our family may do. The devil may do. Friends may do. That robe that says, you're worthless. You're helpless. You're bound by addiction. That addiction in your life to drugs or to drink or to cigarettes or to pornography, you're bound by that. You'll never be free from that. You're just a slave to these things. You'll never amount to anything. You'll never accomplish anything. You're just a beggar. You're always going to be down there in the dust. And so oftentimes people or others would put upon us different identifications. My grandfather said of me when I was about six, because I was always in trouble, John. He said, he'll end up on the gallows, he will. That was the robe he wanted to put on me. Thank God God had other ideas. But the point is, very often we accept those robes. We will listen to them and accept them. And when we do, 
They become part of us. They become part of our thinking of ourselves. They become part of our identity to us. And so they become a reality. But we have to cast those robes aside. We have to be prepared to say, I refuse anymore to live <coughs> under the covering of this identity. I refuse to have my life, myself, my person covered and identified by other people. We have to make a choice. And we have to say, how does God view me? And God says, I don't care what other people say about you. I don't care if they think you're the worst of all the bad people in the world. I love you. I value you. I put so much value on your life, I am willing to die for you. God identifies us in these ways. <coughs> and we have to make a choice whether to accept the definitions of man who identify us and estimate us in those kind of ways or if we will seize the moment and throw off that cloak and say, but ah, there is a God in heaven who loves me. There is a saviour who came to change the world. There is one who came to bring hope where there is only hopelessness. And he came to put a different robe upon us. He came to bring a different identity to us. He came to make us the sons and daughters of the living God. The Bible says, now are we the sons of God. And it doesn't yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when we see him, we shall be like him. You will be like him. Sonship, acceptance. God wants to accept us into his family. He wants to adopt us into his family. He puts tremendous value and worth upon the most hopeless sinner in this world. He, Jesus, came to bring hope, to bring a future, to bring ministry, to bring righteousness to us, to give us purpose, to give us destiny. These are the robes that Jesus came to bring for us and to us. And he says to every one of us, will you accept the robe that I am offering you or will you spend the rest of your life imprisoned by the robe that other people would put upon you? Will you stay the rest of your life covered by that robe of sin that dominates your life, controls your life? So many times people do things and they don't want to do them. But it's because sin is a part of our very nature. We don't do things because we are sinners. We do them because sin rules and reigns in our life. There is nobody else in the crowd. Bartimaeus didn't go to anyone else in the crowd, to the disciples or anyone else. He came to Jesus. And Jesus alone is able and willing to help us no matter what our need is, no matter how bad our past has been, 
no matter how hopeless and helpless we might feel, Jesus is always willing. But we come to him to acknowledge our need. The Bible says this, that we have to acknowledge that need when we come to him and understand that we are sinners. Sin is in our nature. Sin is in our heart. We have to come to him and acknowledge that need before him in order that we can find help. But in faith, Jesus responded to that cry of Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus was just identified. We always, whenever you say Bartimaeus, we always say blind Bartimaeus. Have you ever noticed that? Blind Bartimaeus. That's how he became identified, just blind Bartimaeus. But God wanted to change him so that now he would no, be, uh, no longer be known as blind Bartimaeus, but Bartimaeus who was blind. Bartimaeus who had a miracle. Bartimaeus who had a future. Bartimaeus who was changed by Jesus. God wants to change how we are identified. Bartimaeus sat by the road every day in the same sort of place probably, every day asking the same questions of the people. He sat by the road, but after Jesus had finished with him, he walked down that road. It says he followed Jesus. And God wants us to walk down that road to follow him. Jesus calls us to follow him. He calls us to follow him into the life and the purposes that he has for us. When Jesus arrived at that place, two great crowds thronged together. There was the crowd of people that were already there in Jerusalem to celebrate the great feast. But then there was this other crowd that came down the road with Jesus who had witnessed the raising of Lazarus from the dead. And that crowd was also joined by Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus didn't sit by the road anymore. He said, I want to follow Jesus. And friends, this morning God calls us to follow him. Jesus calls us to follow him. Take up your cross, Jesus said, and follow me. And when we do, we come to that place called Calvary. That was the destiny that Jesus had as he walked down that road. The other people in the crowd didn't understand that. They didn't understand that Calvary was waiting for him. To them, it was a time of tremendous excitement. They were going to welcome him into the gates of Jerusalem. They were going to cry out, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord, son of David. They were going to lay their palm branches before him as he rode into the city. They were going to want to make him king. But Jesus knew his destiny, and his destiny was not to be a king. His destiny was to be the Lamb of God who was going to lay down his life for the sins of the world. That was his destiny. And he says to every one of us, will you follow me? Will you follow me? I'm not calling you to the great affluence of this world. 
I'm not calling you to live in palaces. I'm not calling you to become like multimillionaires. I am calling you to follow me. Wherever that destiny is, wherever that journey takes you, follow me. And God is calling for every one of us this morning to join him on this road that leads to Calvary. This is not a self-help technique. This is the power of God unto salvation. There are so many books written about how we should do things, the different techniques to help us and to elevate us and to help ourselves. But as so many people have realized down the years, we cannot help ourselves. We cannot pay for our sin. Only God can do that. And only the power of God can give us the greatest miracle of all. God is offering to every one of us the greatest miracle. The greatest miracle is not to have your blind eyes, your natural eyes open. The greatest miracle is to have your spiritual eyes open, to see and to understand that without the power of God coming into our hearts and lives to change us and to forgive us and to cleanse us from our sin, our eternal destiny is already secure in hell. But God wants to change our future, our destiny, and give us a purpose to live by. Jesus is calling to you, but it is made effective by your response to that call. When Jesus called to Bartimaeus, if he'd have said, well, no, I can't come to you, I just want to sit here, he would have missed that moment of opportunity. But Jesus called him to come to him. And God, wherever you are sitting today, I can tell you this, God is by you. Jesus Christ is there and he is saying, come to me. I am here, will you come to me? And will you acknowledge to me your need in your life? Be honest. It may be that you're an alcoholic. It may be that you're bound by pornography. It may be that you're a thief or a liar. Whatever it is, we are all sinners in the sight of God. And when we come to him in true acknowledgement and repentance, we thank God today that the Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin, every sin, every known sin, every unknown sin. It cleanses us from all our sin and gives us eternal life. God's love demonstrates it isn't in word alone it's in demonstration if jesus had just said to bartimaeus but cheer up bartimaeus i love you and then gone and left him it would have been nice but it wouldn't have helped him would it god didn't sit in heaven and just say i love you and watch us on our destiny and road to hell he said, I love you to the point that I will demonstrate my love to you. <clears throat> that I will take the judgment 
and the guilt that is yours, and I will pay the price for it. <coughs> this morning as we're in this house, we sang a song earlier. God is bigger, better, greater, stronger than you. And the you is your sin, your need today. Whatever your problem is, whatever your complexity in your life is, whatever those things are that are binding your life, we want to say to you today in the words of that song, God, my God, I love the fact, it says my God. It isn't just the God. It is my God is bigger, my God is better, my God is greater, my God is stronger than any sin or bondage in the human life. And God can set us free. And this morning we are saying to you, wherever you are, come to the Christ of the impossible. He can do wonders in our hearts and lives. What he did with Bartimaeus that day was wonderful. To restore his eyesight, to give him the sight that he so longed for, but more than that, give him a future, give him a destiny, give him a purpose, give him a joy he'd never known. And this morning, we want to say to you, God wants you to know those self-same things. Will you come to him this morning? I'm going to ask you just to sit wherever you are at home or wherever and just quietly bow your head before him as we're just going to say a simple prayer to him to talk to him this morning. Bow your heads, close your eyes, get on your knees if you want to. I have a friend in England who years ago he used to play football for England. And one day his wife got became a Christian, gave a heart to the Lord. And Mike said to his wife one day, they were in the lounge talking, Mike said to her, well, if you die, what's going to happen to you? She said, I'm going to go to heaven. Mike said, well, if I die, what's going to happen to me? She said, Mike, you'll go to hell. That's true. Right there in his living room with his wife, he got on his knees, acknowledged his need of Jesus as Saviour, and asked Christ to come into his heart and life. And he got up a totally changed man who just loves today to go wherever he can in the world to tell people about the love of God. Jesus is with you today, and if you will get on your knees and acknowledge that need in openness before him, he is there to do for you what he did for Bartimaeus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that you so loved the world, that you gave your son, your only son, who gave his life that we might be redeemed and forgiven. And Lord, I just pray right now for every person who is listening to this broadcast today, that you will come to them 
and be with them. And as they reach out to you, I pray that your power will come upon their lives and you will bring healing and deliverance and forgiveness and peace and joy. Dear friends, say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you know every need I have in my life and in my body. And right now I'm asking you, Lord, to come into my life to cleanse me from my sin, to take away my condemnation and my judgment. I receive you, Lord Jesus, as my Saviour and my Lord. I thank you for loving me. Lord, I discard this robe, this garment of my identity that has bound me for so long. And now I receive that robe of the righteousness of God that you give to me. Thank you for forgiving me. Cleanse me from my sin. In the blood of Jesus I pray. Amen. Friends, if you pray that this morning, we'd love to hear from you. There is a website that is on screen that you can go to. We'd love to hear from you. And if you need further help to talk, we're here for you. May God bless you.